Tim. Colby. All right, I'm going to start clean, okay? All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Overtime Show. I'm Colby Smith, the host of Young Persons Radio here, filling in for uh, uh, the two thumbs undecided gang uh, who are mysteriously absent this morning on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, so I'm sticking around. I usually host a show right before there. It's called Young Persons Radio on Sunday mornings at 10. And anytime we get to fill in for the show after us, we do a very special thing called the Overtime Show, the show where we talk about sports, esports, and the role of art in society. And joining me on the line is my number one, uh, my loyal caller, favorite guest, devoted uh, co-host of the Overtime Show. It's Tim Keck. Tim Keck is here, too. Hey. Colby, what's up, buddy? I'm doing great, bud. I'm doing great. Um, I know when when we used to do this uh, show during this time slot, I had a hilarious recurring bit where I try and get a uh, point of order uh, to talk about something other than the Mets. Yeah, but I have not listened to Two Thumbs Undecided, so I don't really know what their deal is. They're a they're a movie so, they're a movie review show. Okay. Um, so maybe I'll try something like, hey, two thumbs undecided. Uh, the Oscars are coming up. Uh, be great to get your takes on that. I know you're going to want to talk about The Godfather 3, but uh, if you could spend a little bit of time on the Oscars today, that'd be great. <laughs> very good. Very good updating of the bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little little inside baseball. Bits, you know, aren't evergreen, and sometimes they need to change at the time. <laughs> It's true. You know, it's, sometimes it seems, Tim, like the the things that you don't want to change uh, change right beneath you, and the things that uh, you wouldn't mind changing just kind of stay put for a while. You ever feel that way? Oh, yeah, all the time. Right? Yeah. Anytime I'm like, you know, I, it's kind of my dream before I die, like when I'm old enough to like no longer have any decisions. Yes. Right? Like I just want to like, I don't want to have to think about what brand of shaving cream i use i just want to know what my brand is oh yeah i don't want to have to like guess where to get my hair cut or be like i don't know is this shirt gonna fit me it will because i've spent the last 40 years buying the same exact shirt yes yes part of me wants to i i completely i'm right right there with you part of me wants to start doing that thing where like i'm at the store you know and let's let's say i find like a uh like a pair of shoes that i like and then I just buy yeah. like three pairs of them so that when, you know, the first pair inevitably wears out, I just have one there ready to go for me when the time comes. And then another pair after that. That's what I, I I've had that dream as well. But I guess I should just do it, you know. <laughs> but now I know I, I bought a couple types of sneakers yeah. now. And I order the same exact ones over and over again. I'm right. on like the third pair of like black Stan Smith <laughs> that I've had. Uh, and that's been great for me. I, I feel like I'm finally getting shoes down a little bit, but Ooh. you know, I just bought boots and that's the whole thing. I like, yeah, I really haven't figured out the boot space. Well, but. where, how, how'd you go about the boots? Um, I think I was talking to somebody about boots and then I just started getting ads for boots on my phone. Oh yes. Uh, as we're all want to do. Yes. And I got like Thursday boot company boots, which is like, a very, they're like a uh, New York startup or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, but they were cheap and they looked good. And then I went and I tried them on and they were great. But it was very, it was like the one, not the one, maybe it's the one time where like targeted advertising like totally got me. Like I just saw yeah. enough Instagram ads that I was like, 
well, I want boots. These are the only boots I know about. <laughs> we'll check this out. Yes. Uh, I mean, it works. Whatever they're doing, it's working for me. For sure. I mean, yeah, a lot of that stuff is just like uh, uh, insidious, you know, where it's like you make one Google search and then all of a sudden every Instagram ad is like, so uh, I, I see you like uh, articles about the president. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm like, what is it called? Is it called data mining where they're just listening to you all the time? Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% believe that's happening. Oh, for sure it is. I mean, there's there's they no, are, that's absolutely true that it is. I think there's no way that it's like a guy, mm-hmm. but. Oh, no. Without a doubt. No, it's all automated. Somebody is, somebody's listening to this conversation. It's fed through a computer and uh, they're plucking out keywords. And I guarantee you I'm going to get ads for boots now on my phone yes. or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. If we just spent the le- next half hour talking about Coca-Cola, like, I promise you I would get an ad for Coca-Cola. Which, I mean, yeah, yeah. Especially, like, huge brands like that. They're just, like, waiting for the opportunity to strike. You know, they've got the True. budgets to support this kind of, like, technological uh, uh, marketing. And uh, they just they just go for it. I mean, maybe Coca-Cola is a bad example because I don't think I've seen a single Instagram. I don't know how strong their internet meme presence is. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I've never seen an Instagram ad for Coca-Cola. I've never seen one, that. but I also don't think they need to be doing that. I mean, this we're talking about one of the biggest companies. Uh, like, they don't need to be playing this, like, this, like, oh, I'm I'm your your friend on a Twitter uh, game. Like, I feel I feel like they do. Let's just look it up right now. Let's look it up right now. The Coca-Cola Twitter. I'm sure it's like, I'm sure it's upsetting. But now, I mean, there's totally a kick of restaurants doing oh. this, right? Oh, yeah. It's totally a thing where like Taco Bell's real, real sassy and they all insult each other on Twitter. Yeah. Well, uh, I think Arby's had a good one for a while. <laughs> or something. Well, Probably Denny's, when, when I was in college, it was all about the Denny's uh, 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 Twitter. That was like, they were someone, they got some kid to do it and they were just like, it was the first time a brand was doing like uh that feeling when you know <laughs> like stuff like that. But you know what's weird about Coca-Cola specifically is that they're they're kind of doing these like uh these, these ads that are like like progressive like liberal progressive like uh memes basically. Like if you scroll down, I'm scrolling down through their Twitter right now and there's one from January that's just like a, a black background with like curvy 70s letters and it just says progress is not a straight line coca-cola wow and the tweet is no matter how windy the road gets it's staying the course that matters heart emoji hashtag refresh the feed hashtag thursday thoughts wow so i guess they're i guess they are i guess they are i just defended them as like they don't need to play this game and yet here they are here they are doing it wow I got to tell you, Coca-Cola is not the brand I would have picked for like a liberal stand. No, but I also think it's like it's like it's also a little insidious, right? Where now it's like progressive leftist politics are the uh, the thing that's like selling this product. Like what they're saying is like, oh, maybe you'll be more likely to buy a Coke if you think that we also like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. Yeah. We, this company. Brands like that are like the biggest posers. Right. You know, I like mean, there's the, just like no the way. Middle school who walked around with a skateboard but couldn't use it. Yeah. 
There was a great before uh, uh, Gawker died a, a, an unceremonious death. There was a great article that somebody wrote uh, called "Brands Are Not Your Friends." This Sam Biddle is the author's name. Yeah, and, uh, I think I read it. It's just it's just great. It's just this great thing of just like talking about what we just talked about. Of just like I th- we cannot forget that at the end of the day, this is a mega mega international corporation that is like you're is trying to like make you feel like it's your buddy. Uh, which is like, there's just, I keep using the word insidious. I feel like there's just, there is something very insidious about it. Mm-hmm. Something very Darth Sidious about it. <laughs> Darth Sidious. <laughs> but Tim. Ooh, things are getting serious. <laughs> we should talk about the, uh, the dunk contest from last night. Sure. Oh my God. I didn't want, I saw it for a second in a bar. Did, did, have you watched it? Now, now, I've seen a couple highlights, but uh, I, I did not watch the entire thing, obviously. Oh, my God. I was I was pretty drunk, so maybe I'm <laughs> wrong. But it looked like a guy went elbow deep in the rim, Vince Carter style, uh-huh. after jumping over Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I don't, I need to, wow, I can't believe I forgot. I got to look this up right now. That's awesome. Was it, uh, uh, let's see. I'm looking it up. As well, but I mean, I how you All Star Game tonight? You are much well. Okay, so how do you feel about the All Star Game as a basketball fan? Uh, I think it's fun. Yeah, I think All Star Weekend's fun, but it's got to be like like there are no real stakes. There's no stakes to the game. They play for money, and a lot of people are like like all the basketball writers, which I listen to a lot of like NBA podcasts and yeah. all this stuff, and they're all like. Ugh, it's not real basketball. They're just screwing around. They're not even playing defense. Like, why am I watching them half-ass it? And it's yeah. like, you're watching them half-ass it because it's the 25 best players in the league are right. just hanging out. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's, uh, They're it's always as, having a good time. Yes. It's as close you get. Like, the idea of the All-Star game is just kind of like a pickup game between all these guys who are the best in the world at this yes. thing. Is all, I feel like you've got to be such... Uh, I, I like no fun snooze to be like, uh, oh, like this isn't real basketball. It's just like this is why this is what kids who are like getting into basketball as like eight year olds want from the league is like all the best guys who are their heroes, like all hanging out and shooting around together. Yeah. People are like, why isn't the All-Star game played with the same ferocity as the NBA Finals? It's like, because people are ready for the NBA Finals. Yeah, exactly. It happens close enough. Like, it happens, like, what, two-thirds of the way through the season we are now? Yeah. You know? It's like, it's close enough to where guys are starting to think, like, oh, like, I got to, like, start, you know, playing a little smarter, like, conserving my energy in ways that, like, I didn't have to at the start of the season uh, because, like, we're getting getting ready for the playoffs. And it's like, of course they're not going to, like, go super hard i don't know it's just a different it's a different kind of thing it's also it can also be like a coming out party for like some like the younger guys yeah like every year there's one person who just like goes off and owns the all-star game you know uh i think last year anthony davis dropped like 40 points or something like that yeah uh and was just taking it seriously and that's fun i don't know i like that it's i like that it's Uh low-key i like that they're just like shooting threes for no reason like in the (laughs) three-point contest yeah. Uh the dunk contest is awesome cuz it's just guys screwing around dunking. Yeah. Uh I think it's fun. I just don't think it matters. And I think it should be treat it should be treated like we're on vacation with these guys and yes. they're like humoring us. You yeah. know. It's also just like 
it's it's kind of like a manifestation of like what you in your head are kind of doing anyway with like the best player matchups. You know, it's just like right. instead of instead of fantasizing about what it would be like for say James Harden, Anthony Davis, and LeBron to all be on a team together. It's like, oh, now we just get to see it. <laughs> we get to see it in a way that's like low pressure. So like, it's not like, you know, the team, like the, the record, the team's record is not on the line. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like it, it is only good. Right. It satisfies that itch and then also starts kind of the rumor machine, you know? Right. It's going to be like LeBron throws an alley-oop to Anthony Davis and all of a sudden we're all thought, thinking like, man, oh. he's totally going to the Lakers or yeah. whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at the very least, you get to see that. Where else would you get to see it? It's kind of why, like, Team USA basketball is really fun, too. Yep. Like, Olympic basketball is so fun because it's, like, that one they're playing a little more seriously. It's, like, a more serious all-star game. Yes. And they're just beating up on miscellaneous whatever other country teams. Not yeah. miscellaneous. And there's plenty of NBA players from, like, the Spanish team or whatever that yeah. are really good. Yeah. But, uh, well, I let's, think it's great. let's talk about it. Let me ask you this, Tim, as a, as a basketball fan. Who who is the single player who you most enjoy watching at this current moment? Or like the player you're most excited about right now? I don't know. I'm really excited about uh uh I guess these aren't original ideas, but I'm really no. excited about uh Giannis, uh Giannis Greek freak. Yeah. I think it's just a really fun to watch. Uh I think uh, Anthony Davis are like my favorites to watch, yeah. probably because Anthony yeah. Davis is just insane looking. He's just so gigantic <laughs> and scrawny, and he's a monster. Uh, he's just fun to watch. I mean, by far in the past like decade, it's been LeBron though. Oh, I've sure. I've always thought LeBron was so fascinating. He's like the best player in the team. He's always got the ball, and he always makes the decision. The decision maker. It's just yeah. I just always think, thought he was fascinating, and he- his game is really like change the system it's interesting you know, it's like yeah. the way Peyton Manning used to quarterback where it's like I don't need an offensive coordinator just give me the ball spread it out and let me do my thing and I'll make a choice right. and I'll be the best choice for the team right uh yeah I mean it's also he I feel like the the highlights of his that I see now coming out of these these like mid uh to like late mid Lakers games are all just of him hitting these insane threes from like so far away. Like he'll just like bring the ball. He'll like get the, someone will bring the ball up the court. He'll, they'll pass it to him like barely across half court and he'll just be like, all right. And he'll put it up and it'll go in. Well, now he like became a good shooter. It's an, it's like, yeah, I mean, that was the rap. Like, that was the really rap at the beginning, right? Was that he couldn't shoot threes. Yeah. He could never, he never had like a, I feel like he just could not shoot a three at all for like yeah. the first half of his career. And in Miami, he kind of started to learn. Yep. But even then, it was a little bit of a problem because him and Dwayne Wade don't shoot, didn't shoot threes at all. Yeah. But that was like probably my favorite. I watched that season like so. <laughs> I loved the Miami Heat years. The first year of that, where they're just like throwing lobs to each other constantly, was mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. It was the closest to an All Star basketball game because now people are like, oh well, the Warriors are a dream team, but they're not throwing alley oops to each other the same. They're all shooting like deep threes and right. like. It's fun, but like the Miami, the Miami Heat years were like super fun. Yeah, yeah. I love a good dunk. Back to the All Star dunking contest. I love a good dunk. Yeah, it's way more fun than a three. I agree with that. I agree with that. That it's more fun than a three. There's more like there's more panache to it. There's more like showmanship, and it's such a it's a statement in a way that a three is not. 
you know? Right. Like a, It's like dominance. Yeah, it's a different kind of statement. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Should we should we transition to uh to esports? Yeah, it's esports. So let's 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 just let's talk about it. Red Dead Redemption Two. Wow. Right. So the big the news on this on Red Dead is that there is a huge there's like a big update uh, that's coming for the multiplayer. Right. Yeah. And it's like, hold on one second. Oh, man, I'm so excited. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God. Of course, like, like the, my computer conks out as soon as I, as soon <laughs> as I, like, go to bring this up. I love Red Dead. You know I love Red Dead. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. And I just had, like, this is me being a complete idiot, but it is my, like, recent revelation of the past week or two, is that, like, Red Dead takes place in 1890. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. I don't know why I've just had the thought of, like, that was so recently. Yep. Like, a hundred years ago, maybe not a hundred years ago, but, like, 120 years ago, we had cowboys. Cowboys were around in the lifespan of two people, you know? Like my great grandfather hypothetically could have been a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I was telling me. you, is that nuts? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I was telling you that, but you know, my my great grandmother, who's you know in her nineties and is like still alive, like grew up in the thirties and like they didn't have indoor plumbing. Like they had a they had a straight up outhouse in West Virginia. And now we're like, oh, grandma doesn't know how to use Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Dude, grandma used to have to shit outside. You idiot. <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, and that's like, I mean, we're like 10 years away. Even the 30s is like 10 years away from that stuff. I feel like the the industries that like arose out of like out of the West, like the Wild West, as we know it, like around the turn of the 20th century are just like it's it's a thin the the line that separates uh, uh, us from them is as thin as a razor's edge. Yeah, it all happened so quick. They were all like fast. Yeah. I mean, I think it's getting shorter. Like, the time periods between trends and things are condensing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, our our parents probably have seen just an insane amount of technolo- technological right. advancement. Oh, yes. That's I mean, like, it's, it's, it's the rise of Silicon Valley in the 60s and then the expansion of, like, the financial industry in the seventies and like the, the like loosening of banking re- regulations is like, that's what did it. That's what did in like, uh, um, like industrial, uh, uh, America. Uh, not that that's yeah. bad. I think that's just like how it, how it happened. I can't, uh, think of what the next thing's going to be at all. Like, like our parents went like social media yeah. was an insane revolution. Uh, like online dating, like yes. Instagram, the idea of live streaming, what you want to do, the idea, I guess, of like spending your time inside playing video games as opposed to outside. Uh-huh. Like, there's been all these advancements. I have no idea. Like, what could possibly the next be the next like mind changing evolution of like the society? Virtual like, reality. Like VR comes out. I don't yeah. think it's as big a deal. I mean, certainly not at this at this point. You know. Uh, 
Yeah. It's, I mean, the there's got to be something. There's yeah. totally going to be another thing that completely shakes up the way we interact with each other. But, I mean, I don't know. At this point, I don't know what would be surprising. I don't know. I mean, all of that stuff, I feel like I just, I cannot get into like tech and gear at all. It's just like, it's not something that it, it feels so cold and inhumane to me. Like, like we were talking about like it by my day job, we just started doing this like drones class, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I get why, you know, uh, kids would want to learn about that or parents would want their kids to learn about that because we keep being told it's like this new invention that's going to be super important. Um, but just like on a purely a pure level, it's just like I, I just can't I can't get into it. I feel like my interest in computers starts and stops with Microsoft Office <laughs> and like <laughs> and maybe like even the Adobe suite is like such a like. It's such a a barrier for me. It's so overwhelming to like try. There are people out there who just like taught themselves Photoshop, and I'm just like, God love right. you. You're you're the person that the the, uh, the economy wants right now. But uh, there is no place for me in it. <laughs> like, I mean, coding is something I couldn't possibly understand or care about. It's uh-huh. crazy to me. But there's totally going to be kids now who teach themselves. How to code the way well, I like tried to teach myself how to use Photoshop. Well, that's the other thing. It's like we keep we keep being told that like learning kids learning to code is important because like that's going to be the currency of like the economy in like ten years. But it's like code what apps? I don't want any more yeah. apps. I don't want to be contributing to to uh, uh, just like this deluge of apps that are on my phone now. Right. I don't know. Uh, it it feels yeah. like we're we're moving in this direction that's very like. Yeah, like I said, it's just like very cold and inhumane. Like uh, there, there has been no, I, I, there's been no technological invention uh, that has done anything other than just make life slightly more convenient. Right. Like the plane, I feel like was the last like truly like earth shattering, <laughs> earth shattering invention that like. I mean, I was about to say it had the potential to bring the world closer together, but then all it did was we strapped bombs on it, and uh, it just led to, like, more death. I don't know. I don't know, Tim. It's hard to be optimistic I mean, about the the direction we're going in right now. The Internet's the big one. Well, there you go. The yeah. Internet was huge. It was yeah. more impactful than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're, we're uh, just we're reaping. Again, that's the thing we were excited about at first, and now we're just reaping the... Uh, the the like huge negative downfall of having you know the Vox Populi turned up this loud, where it's just like you yeah. go on Twitter and it just makes you mad. It just makes you mad. I mean, not to get political or whatever, but one of the but what I I was reading about drones. I was actually reading about like Trump's wall idea and how he's he was obsessed with this wall, and uh, pretty much everybody along the border is like, you know, a wall is an impossible thing. It's too much distance. But there have been legit proposals that, like, both parties have supported about, like, drone, like a drone wall. Uh-huh. Where that's, like, what they want is, like, drones patrolling the same area. Right. You get, like, towers. You have people there. But that just struck me as, like, such a mental gap between, like, the job creation, right? If, like, that's the way right. our country's going. Like, you know, Trump's a delusional old fogey who is so out of touch with what the rest of the world. So... But he would think about like, oh, yeah, we need to build a wall. So we're going to employ people who are going to place brick after brick after brick. And they're going to be physically carrying this stuff and they're going to bring it outside and they're going to build it. And now it's like kids growing up today are like, wow, you can design this droid in Colby's uh, class and then you can bring it to the border and you can use it to spot people. (laughs) It's like 
the jobs that that is creating and that all of our technology is creating is just so different than it was, whatever, 20 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Great. Keep going. <laughs> no, keep going. I think that's, I think that's super, I think that's super real. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, uh, yeah, that was, that was all I was thinking about then. But there's a gap. I mean, if you want to talk more politics stuff, you know, like none of the, uh, none of our politicians know how to use computers. Yeah. That's like a huge thing that's super scary to think about is like, you know, uh, people just, <laughs> everyone in the White House doesn't understand technology. Hmm. I know. Presidents have not. Hillary Clinton used the same BlackBerry because that was all she understood how to use. Trump doesn't like look anything up online. It's like these people are crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think Colin Powell was the first person to like introduce computers to the White House, and that was like thirty years too late. It's it's baffling. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like there was that whole thing about like one of the that first. You remember when everybody was like, um. Uh, like no one knew what Jared Kushner's speaking voice was like. And then he finally spoke at this press conference and everyone was like, Oh my God, like what a shrill, like annoying voice. That press conference was about like updating the, uh, like bringing the, the white house computer network, like updating it. And it hadn't been updated in like eight years or something like that. Like they were all still using like, like gateway, <laughs> like gateway PCs. <laughs> uh, it's just nuts. I mean, like this, this, this is part of the thing with like a, a, a government, like budgets and stuff is like, uh, there are a lot of places, especially at like the city and County level and state level across the country where it's just like, the the government's computer system is like the worst in the entire region. Like the 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 county government is just like working on old, and they don't have a budget to like update stuff. And then when they do update stuff, it's just like so complex and out of date that it just like shuts everything down. I mean, the 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 country is held together by popsicle sticks right now, Tim. Popsicle sticks. It it really is. It's crazy. I mean, I've I've worked at now uh, like three or four companies. Uh, in New York that have gone through like technology uh, transitions, like uh-huh. platform transitions. Yeah. Like they were using one program for all their business and now it's 30 years old and they need to transfer to a new one. And every time it's an excruciating progress process, they've been putting it off for years. Nobody wants to do it. It's like a huge disaster. I mean, I can only imagine how, how many, how like hard it would be to do it in government. Like uh-huh. realistically, it's probably a difficult thing to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm always fascinated by none of these companies have like, no one's investing in IT, or I don't want to say no one, but a lot of mm. these places are not investing in like, you know, we need like an IT guy or a technology guy who can like be actively maintaining the website, actively updating computers. Like, yes. you need a technology budget nowadays. Yes, it's true. Um, we have only a few minutes left in the overtime show, Tim, which makes me uh, right. think it's time for us to transition into our favorite segment. The role of art in society. Yay! <laughs> so this uh, this week's uh, quote that we'll reflect on comes from the painter uh, Edgar Degas. Ugh. He liked to say, and I quote, No art was ever less spontaneous than mine. What I do is the result of reflection and study of the great masters, of inspiration, spontaneity, temperament, I know nothing. The key is reputation. It is necessary to execute a motif ten times, a hundred times, 
Nothing in art must look accidental. Thoughts? What? He liked to say that? That's what he said. Like, they'd just be hanging out and he'd be like, you know what I like to say? You, gotta, you, gotta, <laughs> you know what I always that? say? <laughs> <laughs> People love it when I uh, say this. Here Edgar goes again. <laughs> Everybody just like slowly <laughs> backs away from the table. And he just like turns uh, around and he's just like, hey guys, get me another one. And they're just like, what? <laughs> Can't hear you. I mean, that paragraph sounds like the work of a forger. Oh. Uh, until the last line. Uh, the last line I love is that nothing in art should look accidental. Right. But the idea that he is pursuing uh, repetitive, mindless, whatever, play, overthinking all this stuff. I mean, there's the romantic idea that art comes from somewhere inside of you, right? There's got to be some feeling in it. Yeah. Otherwise, you would just be – it wouldn't be art, right? You could just draw a sunset, and that's right. not art, you know, the same way somebody interpreting a sunset is art. Well, what I find interesting so, is this idea that he – that every move he made – he, like – he is saying that, like, every move – every, like, brushstroke is, like, calculated on his part. That he – this stretch where he's just like, I know nothing of – a spontaneity or uh, uh, like any of that. It's just like, well, like I feel like, like that kind of like improvisation and like, like following the muse, so to speak, is like such a huge part of, uh, of art, of, like uh, people's experiences with creating things. And for him to like eschew that, I, it, it feels a little disingenuous to me. Um, right. But he, I mean, you're right. He does wrap it up with a nice button at the end there. The button's nice, but it sounds like just pretentious uh, guy acting like, you know, he did, uh, like, I don't know. Like, he's just overthinking everything. Like, oh, right. I think about every single brushstroke. There's no way he thinks about every single brushstroke. Maybe from the sense of, like, well, I'm trying to brush a tree right now. I must well keep yeah. drawing this tree. Yeah. I'm sure there's planning that goes into it, but there's no way he's, like, got it mapped out like an archaeological grid. And it's just slowly painting by numbers his way to, like, the finished product. Yeah, it's true. Well, Tim... We got to yeah. we got to go, buddy. Thanks so much for calling right. in and uh, hosting the show with me here as we cover for Two Thumbs Undecided. Uh, everybody, I'm, I assume they'll be back next week. But in the meantime, stick around for the Brooklyn conversation. Uh, Tim, final thoughts? Uh, I give our show two thumbs <laughs> way up. <laughs> we'll talk soon, buddy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later. Tim out.